Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Here we are for another great Wednesday night united. We're so excited about what God's doing. Uh, in our midst, and uh, God is up to some good, good things, and uh, we're, we appreciate all that have joined us tonight. Of course, the last two Wednesday nights, uh, uh, Brother Dave, of course, Dave Smart, uh, mentioned, uh, ministered last week, and then Brother Jim ministered the week before, and uh, so we're so uh, appreciative of that, of them uh, coming alongside and uh, uh, helping. And uh, both of the messages that they ministered the past two Wednesdays were just uh, wonderful messages uh, that will help you in your walk with God. And uh, so God's good to us. And uh, we want to continue tonight. I began a series last Wednesday, uh, last Wednesday evening entitled Ministering and Receiving Healing. Now, if you did not see the first part, you probably need to go back and and uh, go to the YouTube channel or uh, the podcast, and you can access it there, ministering and receiving healing. Now, I'm calling it this because where healing is concerned, well, it's twofold. First of all, we, there is a tangible healing anointing on this ministry, all right, that, that we carry. And uh, the Lord told me uh, some time ago, He said that healing anointing on your life is part of your supply for the body of Christ. And so he really encouraged me and instructed me to, to operate in it on a, on a higher level, a deeper level. And so that's part of this. The second part is we're calling it ministering and receiving healing because of this. Uh, very often, uh, people understand that ministering healing needs to occur, but they don't prepare themselves to receive healing, all right? There are lessons that we can learn from the ministry of Jesus about ministering healing, but then about receiving healing, all right? So healing has to be ministered, but it has to be received, all right? It has to be ministered, and it has to be received. Now, healing was a major part of Jesus' ministry. So that being the case, it should be a major part of ours as well, because it was a major part of the ministry of Jesus. You know, I hear people very often, they'll talk about how we are in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, or this is Jesus' ministry. If a ministry is the ministry of Jesus, and that's what we're a part of, then healing should be a major part of it, all right? Let's go to Matthew 8, and we're going to look tonight and center up on this uh, instance of the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. Now, we're going through the four Gospels, 
And we have in the four Gospels somewhere around 19 instances where Jesus personally ministered healing to someone. And what I mean by that is he personally touched them. He personally spoke to them one-on-one. Now, it seems like there's a lot more than 19 because they're replicated. They're duplicated uh, in, in many of them in all of the four Gospels. Some of them in three, some in two. But the point is, is that the ministry, the, the miracles of Jesus that he performed on a personal one-on-one basis, there's about 19 of them. Now, there were other instances that he healed multitudes of people. But we want to center up on these instances where Jesus was ministering healing and not just see how he ministered healing, but how it was received. So Matthew 8, verse 14, notice that it says concerning Peter's mother-in-law, when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid, laying on the bed, in other words, and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she rose and ministered unto them. She rose and ministered unto them. This was a chronic Severe fever, all right? The Woosh Bible says, having come to Peter's home, Jesus saw Peter's mother-in-law bedridden and burning with a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her. So he comes in the house, and Peter's mother-in-law is bedridden. She's got a severe chronic fever, all right? This is something that's coming consistently. Jesus walks over to the bed and notice it says he touched her hand and the fever left her. Now, what does that tell us? First of all, that's how quick things can turn around. That's how quick things can happen. All right. One moment she's sick with a chronic severe fever and the next moment she's up and serving. That's how quick things can turn around. All right. Do do, do you see this? For, for God to heal you and touch your body, it doesn't have to be long and drawn out. It may happen in stages, but it doesn't have to be long and drawn out. This is how quick it can happen. One minute, you're sick. The next minute, you're well. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do you see this? No matter how long things have been bad, they can change in a moment. No matter how long you've been dealing with something, it can change quickly. It can change overnight. The Lord told me one time, He said that He was moving into a place where things were going to happen at such a rate of speed. He said, imagine this. Imagine going to bed sick and waking up well. Going to bed in debt and waking up debt free. Now here people will say, how could that happen? That, that just seems impossible. It is impossible if you discount the miracle working power of God. But when you have the healing power of God flowing in a circumstance, in a service, in your home, in your life, things can turn around overnight. Things can turn around in a matter of moments. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I heard a minister tell a story one time. He said that he was conducting some healing meetings, healing school actually, and he said uh, a guy and his wife came in, and he said uh, 
that you could tell at one time this had been a real big strapping man, but now he was just skin and bones. And he said you could hear him breathing throughout the whole room. He was just laboring. He said there were times it was almost distracting. You wondered if he was going to catch the next breath. Amen. And he was just laboring to, to breathe. And he said, but he kept sitting there under the word of God. And he was preaching about the healing power of God. And he said, all of a sudden you could begin to notice that breathing was, was less and less. And he said, then you look back there and he was sitting up a little straighter in the chair. And he said, then eventually you couldn't hear him breathing at all. And he's sitting up straight. His color's coming back. And he said, after the service, he went and talked to him. And he was explaining Isaiah 53 and 5. And he said, the man said, glory to God, hallelujah, I see that. I believe that. I take it. I receive it. Amen. And then he looked at his wife and he said, you know what? I think I'm hungry. Amen. And, and, and they said he went, went, went across the street at the Mexican place and ate two meals. Went from can't breathe, almost dead, not hungry, not able to eat anything. And in one service, one service, went from not being able to breathe to breathing normally, color coming back, feeling so well, he goes over and eats Mexican food. Amen. Now the healing power was flowing... But he had to receive it. He had to receive it. So notice that Jesus went in, and in a moment of time, she's up serving. That's why I say never despair. Never let your physical situation cause you to despair. Because no matter how long things have been bad, they can turn around in a moment. They can change in a moment. Yeah, but the doctor said there's no hope. Oh, but things can change in a moment. But they don't, they don't know what this is. But it can change in a moment. I know I'm saying this a lot, but I want you to see this. They do not know, they do not need to know what you have for God to heal you. Amen. They may not have a name for it. By the time they figure it out, you'll be healed. That's what you never despair. Never despair. Never be hopeless. Because you've got the Word of God on your side, so you're never without hope. You're never in despair. Notice in verse 16, it says, When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the prophet Isaiah, the prophet saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So notice, Jesus healed all that were sick. So what does this tell us? It is Jesus' will to heal all. To say that healing is not for everybody is to say that redemption is not for everybody. If healing is not for everybody, redemption is not for everybody. I want you to see something. Because he says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Now, Sometimes religious people will say, well, yeah, that scripture was fulfilled 
when Jesus healed those people. Healing is not for today. He fulfilled it when he healed those people. No, Jesus fulfilled that scripture for all people for all time. I'll show you. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 and 5. That's what's alluded to there when it says that it may be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He was wounded, verse 5, for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. All right. In the original Hebrew, that literally reads, truly, he lifted up our sicknesses including diseases, and carried our pains. He lifted up our sicknesses, including diseases, and carried our pains. Matthew shows this, that the miracles Jesus did in His earthly ministry, He alludes to Isaiah 53 for a reason, so that we would see the miracles Jesus did in His earthly ministry were not just displays of power, there are people that will teach this, that Jesus healed the sick to prove who he was. No, the Bible says Jesus healed the sick because he had compassion on them. And because he was doing the works of the Father. So they were not just displays of power. They were not just the result of sympathy, of human sympathy, of Jesus having sympathy for people. They were performed... Now understand this, at a horrible cost to him at Calvary. Now, if you'll remember a message I preached some time ago, when, when I was preaching on the subject of types and shadows, and I said this, I said, in the Old Testament, God healed people on credit. in light of the redemption that was coming through Christ. He healed them on credit in light of the redemption that was coming at the cross through Christ. Jesus performed these miracles in His ministry on credit based on what He was going to suffer. He could heal people based on the price he was about to pay. Glory to God. All the healings that Jesus did were advanced blessings of the cross. Everything that He did was advanced blessings of the cross. All of His healings, all of His miracles, all of His forgiveness of sins at the cross were then available because, were then available to the people because he was going to die. People say, how could Jesus just forgive that woman caught in the act of adultery? He was going to die for her. Everything Jesus did, he did it on the basis of the price he was going to pay. Hallelujah. If, uh, for instance, Jesus knew that he was ultimately going to die for the sins of the people. When someone in the four Gospels believed in him as the Messiah, as the Savior, 
as the anointed one. They put their faith in him. He could forgive them based on what he was going to do. Now, we're forgiven today based on our faith in what he did. Hallelujah. So everything that Jesus did, everything that Jesus did, he did it on credit. He did it as an advanced blessing of the cross. And then all of his miracles, all of his forgiveness of sin, all of that is now available to everybody because the price has been paid for everyone. So it's available to everybody. Hallelujah. In uh, Mark 1, Mark chapter 1, we'll go back and look at Mark's account of this. And uh, it says in verse 22, And they were astonished, he's in the synagogue teaching, they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, Jesus of Nazareth? Are you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. What set Jesus apart was the fact that uh, he didn't theorize. This man, this demon spoke out, and it says in verse 25, Jesus rebuked him, saying, hold your peace, come out of him. He didn't theorize. He stated simply, the power's here right now. All right, that's what he's stating. The power to heal is here. The power to deliver is here. Religious people theorize. Everything's got to be right, and you can't do things on this day, and you can't do things on that day, and, and all the ducks have to be in a row. And Jesus' mindset was just, look, the power's here. If you believe it, you can be free. Amen. And he goes on in verse 29 and says, Forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and Anon, they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. The Amplified Bible says for some time she had had this fever. He came, took her by the hand, lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. Now what's interesting is this happened just like we're reading it. Jesus came out of the synagogue. He went to their house. He sees her, his, his mother-in-law laying on the bed, sick with a fever. He goes over, touches her hand, and immediately the fever left her, and she got up and ministered to them. Hallelujah. Happened just that way. Now, in the book of Luke, chapter 4, and verse 38, It says, and he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. Dr. Luke says a great fever. And they besought him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her. 
and immediately she arose and ministered unto them. Hallelujah. The Wish Bible says he went into the home of Simon. Now the mother-in-law of Simon had been afflicted for some time with a chronic fever, a severe one. Now remember, we're looking at the ministry of Jesus. The ministry of Jesus was a direct revelation of the will of God for all people for all time. A direct revelation of the will of God for all people for all time. When we see Jesus healing people, we're seeing the will of God for all time. You got to keep that in your mind and in your spirit. That when I see Jesus healing people, I'm seeing the will of God in action. That's God's will for me. And notice, they came and asked Jesus to heal this woman. They came and asked him to come and heal her. This, 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 this shows us their care, their concern, their compassion for her. And notice, it says, after this woman was healed, that she had got up and began to serve them. We see a lot about her by the fact that the first thing she did after being healed was serving them. The first thing she did after being healed was serving them. Your attitude, your mindset about the things of God goes a long way in determining the amount of healing that comes to you. All right? I know very often we focus on, 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 on faith and, and hearing the word on healing, and we, listen, that's an absolute. But here's, here's the thing. Why do we also talk about walking in forgiveness? Making sure my attitude's right. Not having any offense. Right? Look, looking at different things in my life. Why? Because your, your mindset, the way, the way you go about the things of God, goes a long way in determining how much I receive. And this woman, after she's healed, the first thing she does is get up and begin to serve them. See, this makes a difference in somebody being able to plead your case when you're not in a position to. She was not in a position to plead her case. She was not in a position to go get Jesus. So they went and got Jesus for her. Right? And when she was healed, she began to serve him. Glory be to God. Now, we see something in Acts 9. Because we, 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 we made the statement... This makes a difference in somebody else being able to plead your case. Acts chapter 9. And uh, verse 36. It says, There was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works, notice that, and alms deeds, which she did. 
And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died. Whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And forasmuch as Lydda was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men desiring that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter rose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber. And all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed. And turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up and he gave her his hand. And lifted her up, and when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Now notice how it describes this woman. It says she was, number one, a disciple, a believer. And then it says that the widows showed him all the garments and coats that she had made. And immediately someone will say, well, then... You know, why did she die? She was such a good woman. Why did this happen? Folks, you may be a Christian worker. You may even be a minister that teaches and preaches healing. But you still have to receive healing like everybody else. You still have to receive it. Amen. Ever what I do for God, everything that every redemptive promise must be received. Every redemptive promise must be received. If, uh, if you look back over some things, and, I, and I've learned this over the years, and I want to say this is not 100% of the time, but a large part of the time. If you look at many of the uh, many of the ministers, for instance, from the days of the Voice of Healing and uh, the great healing revival that was in the, the the late '40s and up through the mid '50s, if you look at many of those men, uh, many of them died of disease, and yet the gifts of healing. The working of miracles, the special gift of faith was at operation in their meetings. And people would get healed by the multitudes, healed by the scores. I mean, I've heard it and watched it. I've, I, 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 I saw a video one time. They wheeled a guy on a stretcher into A.A. A. Allen's meeting. Wheeled him in on a stretcher. He, he had not been able to walk, not been able to eat, not been able to hold anything down. Cancer of the stomach. Looked like a skeleton laid there with pajamas on. I mean, he, he, he had preached the word, and he prayed, and he worked with him. And there in a few minutes, he said, Now, brother, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And that man got up off that stretcher and walked. And they brought a chicken salad sandwich and a pint, uh, 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 excuse me, a, a quart of milk. 
And he ate that sandwich and drank that milk and kept it down healed by the power of God. Hallelujah. Yet Brother Allen died sick. There, there was another minister that uh, uh, Brother Hagen and others said he had the most dynamic miracles in his ministry of anybody. But yet he died of disease at a very, very young age. That, that, that's just a couple of them. Now, I'm telling you this for a reason. Not to speak disparagingly of them, but to say the gifts of healing, the working of miracles, these, these special gifts were at operation in their ministries, but yet they had never built their faith to receive healing. Hallelujah. See, you can preach and teach healing, but you have to receive it for yourself. God doesn't heal based on how good we are. Amen. Because God loves everybody. God loves every believer. And He has made healing available to every believer. But God doesn't heal based on how much we do for Him or how good we are. God heals based on what I believe. Amen. And am I receiving it? Am I receiving it? Glory to God. And so someone will say, well, you know, again, she was such a good woman. Well, she had to receive. Before Peter raised her, he prayed. And before he prayed for her, the people asked him to come. Before he prayed, the people asked him to come. Now let me say this. Some people's cases are easier to plead than others. Some people's cases are easier to plead than others. Hallelujah. Now, now why is that? As a pastor... I have more authority to pray for a committed, faithful person. I have more authority to pray for somebody that's committed to the things of God and faithful to the things of God. Amen. I, I, I remember one time, I remember one time there, there was a, uh, uh, an individual in the ministry that was diagnosed with a, a, a very severe uh, 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 health issue. All right, and and at that time they had uh, children at home that were that were smaller. Uh, you know they they had responsibilities, and I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, they're a blessing to me and the church. They're a blessing to us. Amen. Their children need them. Their spouse needs them. Amen. Brother Hagen did the same thing with his superintendent those years ago when 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 he had been injured. In that accident, he went to the Lord and he said, Lord, he's the best superintendent I've ever had. He's faithful. He, he visits people. Uh, he's always working in the church. I need him. And he began to plead his case. Amen. Well, the Lord raised that man up. The Lord healed this woman, healed this person I'm talking about. 
working in their life, even to this day, working in their life. But here's, here's the point. Somebody went and asked him to come. Amen. So what I do, where the things of God are concerned, go a long way in determining what I receive. Oh, thank you, Jesus. In Luke chapter 4, back in Luke chapter 4. And uh, verse 39. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. Now notice this. Jesus is not rebuking the devil. He was rebuking the fever. So he was talking to the fever. He rebuked the fever. What does that tell us? Fevers can hear. Amen. Fevers can hear. So what does that mean? Cancer can hear. Hallelujah. Heart trouble can hear. Migraines can hear. I had a a, a woman yesterday in healing school uh, uh, that is a a member of the church. And uh, afterwards she was helping with some things. And she said, you know, she said uh, 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 right in the middle... She said, uh, I had a migraine headache that was trying to start. She said, but you know what? In, during healing school, thing just left. Why? Headaches can hear. Well, whatever is wrong with your body, whatever you may need to be healed of, it can hear. Now, there may be things you need to do, but it can hear you. Blood pressure, I'm telling you to be normal. Amen. Sugar sugar levels, I'm telling you to be normal. Now, there may be things you need to do. You may need to stop intaking something or start taking something more. But those levels are hearing you because everything in your body was created by the spoken word of God. So everything in your body will respond to the spoken word of God. Hallelujah. Your ears chew words like your mouth chews food. And when words go in your ears, they start digesting them. Your ears are the mouth for your words. And there's digestion going on. It's getting in your spirit. And when you're constantly saying, blood pressure, you are normal. Sugar levels, you are normal. When you are forbidding things in your body, there can be things going on in your body that you don't even know about, and you start forbidding things, and it will just leave your body. I forbid cancer. I forbid allergies. I forbid these things in the name of Jesus. I forbid it. Glory to God. I am a cancer-free zone. I am a heart disease-free zone. 
I'm an allergy-free zone. See, it's not just positive and negative. It's you are saying something. And Jesus stood over Simon's mother and rebuked the fever. Told the fever to leave her. And it left. Amen. And it left. Receiving healing, ministering, receiving healing. Tumors can hear. Cancer can hear. See, so then the question is, am I talking to them and am I believing? That's where a lot of people get in trouble with confession. And don't misunderstand me. We need to confess the word. You know I know I believe that. But this is where a lot of people get in trouble. They're not talking to the thing. They're talking about the thing. You have to talk to it. And you have to believe what you're saying. Remember Jesus in, in, in Mark 11? If he'll say to this mountain, not doubt in his heart, but will believe that those things that he saith shall come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he saith. He'll have whatever he says. He'll have whatever he says. Hallelujah. So when you're speaking and you're declaring, speaking over your body, you're receiving healing. Hallelujah. Well, you know, I just feel weak and I just feel this. And, and people will say, well, that's, you know, that's a negative declaration. Listen, what you feel is not what you want. If you feel weak... That's not what you want. But what comes with talking about how weak you are? More weakness. So even though you're weak, you're going to get weaker. Because that's what your spirit is digesting, is weakness. The words are going in your ears and getting digested by your spirit and in, we, if we could say it this way to simplify it. And what's being produced there is more weakness. Hallelujah. But if I'll calm my mind down, and I'll calm my thoughts down, and I'll start saying, I'm strong in Jesus' name. I'm strong in Jesus' name. Body, you're strong in the name of Jesus. Amen. Muscles, you're strong. I have the strength of God in my life. I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. I am strong for the things of God. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. See, what you're doing is you're speaking to your body and you're telling it to be strong. You're telling your body what to do. Hallelujah. All of those things can hear. And, and we've taken it as just negative things. Hallelujah. But when you're, when you're speaking to that, you're telling it what to do. Amen. Do, do, do you see this? You're telling it what is going to happen. You're telling your body 
what it's going to do. But notice the key here. Believing that. Believing. Folks, I could not teach on healing, especially in this vein, without talking about this. There's, there's a pastor that I know, and he was preaching one time, and he made a statement that imprinted my spirit. He said, when you're preaching to a congregation, you don't know who faith is coming to. Now, faith comes by hearing the word, but you don't know who faith is coming to. There are people that sit in any given congregation, and they hear the same word the other people are hearing, and somehow faith doesn't come. And people will say, well, you know, how is that? Somehow faith doesn't come. It's not received. It has to be received. Knowledge of a thing does not mean faith for that thing. This is important. Because we're talking about ministering and receiving healing. Knowledge of a thing does not mean faith for that thing. Are we believing? We, we, we go back to the story of, uh, of Dorcas. And she was working in the church. There are individuals that can that can pray with other people and, and help other people see and tell them what the will of God is for their life. But they still have to receive. You still have to receive. Let, let me use this as an example. There, there are people that you know and I know, they don't know how to receive financially. And here's what I mean by this. If... if uh, <laughs> If you ride with them and you try to give them money for gas, you're not giving me no money. I got, I got money to put fuel in my own tank. Amen. But then if they ride with you, they're not going to have it if you don't take it. They just won't have it. They don't know how to receive. And so consequently, they struggle. I've tried to do nice things for people before in, in stores and, and different restaurants and whatnot. And I've had people almost get indignant with me. I don't, I don't need you to buy my stuff. Well, I'm just trying to be a blessing. What's the issue? They don't know how to receive. Knowing something is right and something is true, knowing that God heals Seeing God heal other people is no indication that I have faith to receive my own healing. I have to believe what I'm saying. I have to believe it. And that's why faith requires honesty. Am I believing what I'm saying? Is, is this a heart faith or am I in mental assent where this thing is concerned? Because mental assent knows God can, it knows God has, and it knows God will. 
But that's knowledge of what God can do, not faith in what I believe God will do for me. See, that's important. Amen. Because especially coming to a faith church, you hear so much about believing God, there's got to be, there's a time that you've got to at times examine yourself and say, am I really in faith about that? Because, because I don't, I don't want to be in mental ascent, I want to be in faith. Now, everyone will, if they stay with it, they'll eventually grow to the point that they'll know. But there, there are times, if I'm not moving something, I will stop and ask myself, where is the, where is the barrier, where is the, the blockage here, and, and, and at times, I've had to say, I'm, I'm not in faith about that. See, I have to receive it. I have to receive it. Because healing can be ministered, I have to receive. The receiving is on me. There's times I'll go and I'll, and I'll lay hands on people in a healing line. And there are times that I'll lay hands on certain people, and when I lay hands on them, it's like an open conduit. The pow- that, that healing power just flows. Boom. Then there's times I'll lay hands on people, and there'll be a hesitation. But in a moment or two, they'll, boy, they'll receive it. Boom. It'll flow. And then there's times I'll lay hands on people, and it's, it's, it's that healing anointing will go in, and it'll come right back out. Well, they didn't receive it. Amen. And there's times I'll, I'll, I'll stop and I'll say, now look, I, I, I laid my hands on you and it went in and it came right back out. You got to get out of your head about this and you got to receive this. And many times I've been able to lay hands back on those people and that healing anointing flowed. See, I have to receive it. I go back to the, the story I was telling you about the ministers uh, 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 in the, the healing revival. You've got you've to learn to receive healing for yourself. I preach and teach healing consistently. I minister under a tangible healing anointing, but I still have to exercise my faith to receive healing from the Word. I can't just depend on somebody laying hands on me. I have to work on receiving it. Amen. In in the book of James, where it says, if there's any sick among you, let them call. Right? For the elders of the church. It carries the idea that this person is so sick, they can't get to church, they cannot get out, they need to call for the elders of the church. What does that imply? I desire healing. I'm ready to receive healing. And it says, for that person, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. Is that what it says? Now people will say, but that's, that's available for everybody. You said that exactly right. It's available to everybody. It will not happen to everybody because everybody won't make the, meet the conditions. Amen. But when you meet the condition, 
you will receive. Because, because that's what the Word says. This is not my idea. This is what the Word says. Glory be to God. You know, let, let me share it this way. I've got several examples. I've had people before that uh, wanted me to go pray for a loved one. Amen. And they would say, uh, hey, uh, you know, my cousin is in the hospital and, and uh, uh, they're, they're sick. Would you go pray for them? And, you know, especially in the early days of my ministry, yeah, I mean, I wanted, I wanted to, to help as many people as possible. So I'd say, yeah, yeah, I'll go. And uh, they'd say, yeah, they're in room such and such. And I might get up there, and uh, I remember one case in particular. Uh, they asked me to go pray for a family member. And uh, I got up there and uh, knocked on the door, and, and I walked in. There was a, quite a few people in the room, and I explained who I was. And they were kind of like, yeah, big deal. So what? You know, well, I'm so-and-so's pastor, and they asked me to come pray. And they were like, well, we didn't call you. Well, there wasn't a lick of faith in that room. You, you understand why I'm saying this? They didn't call me. They weren't ready to receive. They didn't want to receive. Hallelujah. Because they didn't call. They weren't in a position to receive. I couldn't help them. Was I anointed to heal? Of course. Does the word work? Of course. They didn't receive. Because they didn't call for me. They didn't want me there. And so there was nothing I could do. Oh, glory to God. Now there have been other instances that the husband or the wife has called me, asked me to come pray, come to the hospital, pray, agree. Amen. I, I remember one time, and, and this was a situation with a guy that uh, eventually took out newspaper ads against me. And uh, he was in the hospital, and uh, he had been diagnosed with a, uh, uh, I don't know exactly what it is, like a, a flesh-eating uh, well, they call it virus or fungus or whatever it is. I don't, I don't know. But it, it, it was a pretty bad situation. And, of course, I knew he was in the hospital. He was a member of the church, and they asked me to go see him. And, and I went up to see him, and uh, uh, we took him some materials, if I remember right. Uh, God's created power for healing. And, uh, you know, again, this guy eventually uh, took out newspaper ads against me. But I went up and laid hands on him. He was confessing the word. You know God healed him? Totally turned that thing around. Now, regardless of what he did in the, in the future, he received healing. He received it. He believed what was said. Amen. Very often... Where healing is concerned, people substitute the knowledge they have of the subject for faith about the subject. 
or in the power of healing. Amen. Because I have knowledge of a subject does not mean I have faith in the power to see that happen. Now, I'm not in, this is not an indictment. I'm not saying that's you. I'm saying be cautious with this. Because if we read this scripture correctly, fevers can hear. Diseases can hear. I've got to believe what I'm saying. And so I've got to ask myself, and I'll have people say, well, I've been talking to it, and I've been speaking to it. Well, there's two things there. Number one, if you've been talking to it, and you've been speaking to it in faith, it's going to move. But secondly, if I'm not seeing movement, I need to stop and ask myself, am I in faith about this? Amen. Glory to God. Because Jesus said the mountain would move. And so we've, we've got to take time. I learned years ago that the Bible says no word of God is void of power. Right? And so... In areas where I'm working the Word, if it doesn't seem like something's moving, the Word is never void of power. There's enough healing power in Isaiah 53 to clear out every hospital room in the city. If it would be believed. So the Word is never void of power. I've got to ask myself at times, am I believing what the Word says? Now notice something that Jesus said in John 14. Remember, He spoke to the fever, and the fever left. John 14, 12. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. The Woos Bible says, Most assuredly, I'm saying to you, He who believes in me, the works which I'm constantly doing, also that one shall do. What does that tell us? You can speak to a fever. You can speak to an infection. You can speak to a tumor. You can speak to those areas in your body. And you can receive healing. You can receive healing. Do you believe that? I believe that. Hallelujah. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we speak the word of healing over your people. Lord, ever what it may be, Just right there in the midst, in that in the service. Lift your hands right now. I want you to receive. Amen. Because there's no distance. There's no distance in the anointing. 
We got a testimony just the other day of a lady that was watching Brother Jim Sunday morning when he was preaching about Jesus being anointed to heal. And she sent a, a testimony and said, I was watching by live stream and I got delivered. I got delivered of oppression and depression. It just left. So right now, raise your hand. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive my healing. I receive my physical victory. I receive the removal of these diseases. Lord, this pain, this suffering in the name of Jesus. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I speak to those physical situations and I tell them to be removed and be cast into the sea. I tell them to be removed and cause them no trouble, no problems in the name of Jesus. I speak healing over your body. Healing over your physical self in the name of Jesus. And Father, we receive and we call it done. We call it completed in the name of Jesus. Remember how quick things can turn around? That quick. Amen. I believe God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, God's good to us. Amen.